What does the guy call his best friends? His testies besties, of course. Halloween is right around the corner, and you don't want to spook someone with your scary bush. Our friends at Manscaped want to help make your boys downstairs clean and best friends of their own. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped.com, doing 20. You're listening to DJ Hoodie on We Need to Be Doing That. We Need to Be Doing That, a podcast that combines sports, social media content, and life. Though we make no promises, we'll stick to those topics each episode. I'm Jonah Ballo. I'm Keith Steckler. And on this podcast, we'll often focus on the sports content and creative we see in life and share between the three of us. We need to be doing that. I'm Elliot Gerard. These are the discussions we have most days in person or group text, now with the microphones on and recording. We've known each other since 2009. We have experience in ad agencies and marketing, digital content across teams in the NBA, and creative for brands, teams, and athletes. Come on. We need to be doing that. All right, I'm excited to have two of my guys from Virginia. They have since moved to the left coast. They've done that separately, not together, and we're going to find out if these two call it the best coast. First and foremost, one of the best front men in the business, the best vocalist I have ever known, Range for Days, the bands he's been in, his solo work. Mike Terry, what's happening, brother? I'm hanging, man. How are you? He can get any room moving. He is all about his business. Hoodie, my dude, talk to me. (laughs) I'm here. Let's do this. You're here. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> so listen, let's, um, I know the three of us know each other from Virginia, but for the purposes of, of the podcast, let's, let's take it back to that. So Mike, let's start with you. Where did you grow up and how did music really come into your life? Uh, I grew up in Virginia in the South side, uh, in the suburbs <clears throat> and music was always a part of my life because yeah of, of, of what ci- what city though what city though? oh midlothian if you really want to if you want to take it there well when you say south side people are going to think south side virginia which is like oh, you know the fucking boonies i mean no i mean at the time it was kind of it was wooded so i guess it was kind of boonies now it's not south side <laughs> now but yeah it was midlothian a lot of people you know i can't say that i'm from richmond because i'm actually from talking with someone who's actually from Richmond. So, you know, I got to show some respect. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah. Um, Close enough. Yeah, whatever. Uh, music was, I would just grew up around it. My parents were musical. Um, uh, and it was just a, a way to pass the time. A lot of kids did sports. And I just, I was in band in school and whatnot. So it was just something I was always exposed to. Uh, I grew up. In the east end of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so like Churchill, Fulton Hill. Um, I've been, I lived all over, but mostly the east end is where I was like born and raised. Um, and music was just, yeah, it was just always around. Like my mom would throw on Prince or MJ or Motown hits on like Saturday morning while we cleaned the house. And then it just kind of went from there. My dad was really big into, uh, he's from New York City, so he was big into New York hip-hop, LL Cool J, Big Daddy Kane uh, early on. And then I got away from that just when I started getting into my own stuff, got into like, was really heavy into 
like radio rock, like alternative, like 90s era rock, Pumpkins, Green Day, that kind of stuff, Rage Against the Machine, you know what I mean? And then from there went to hardcore, from hardcore got into, I guess, you know, whatever I would get into post-hardcore or whatever, whatever. And then, you know, to this here, I'm, I guess, involved with DJing and, and EDM um, with quotes, with air quotes, EDM. And, you know, that's where we are today. Now, the genre of music, when I met you both, and I'm curious, and we've never talked about this, and I thought about this question knowing both of you guys were going to be on the show. What Coming up in metal and in hardcore and in being black, there wasn't a lot of guys doing what you guys were doing. And was Virginia like a pocket of that? Or this is a unilateral statement. There was not a lot of black people when you guys came up in that genre. Yeah, not not for me it was not. In any of my travels for the longest time, it was very, you're like, damn, somebody black? You see someone in the crowd, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, like, you get stoked. Yeah, that was always my experience. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Virginia, I don't think like Richmond or Virginia necessarily, I mean, like I'm thinking and there's less than, 10 there's less than like 10 black people that i can think of that were super involved in the scene and i mean it was mike me there was jason thompson there was avery uh, uh this is in richmond and then you know virginia beach area that that dude keith remember that dude keith oh, yeah. what, what band was he in uh, uh bloody sunday bloody, bloody sunday yeah, yeah. is that yeah um and then rashad of course i mean there's a, a handful I, I don't i don't know i don't um i don't i don't know that there were more more black guys involved in hardcore metal in Virginia or what? I, I sort of didn't pay a ton of attention to it. Yeah. Like, like I knew that I was there. I knew that I was a minority in hardcore. And I just was like, well, it is what it is. You know, I'm just, I'm, this is what appeals to me right now. This music appeals to me and, and I'm, I am here, you know, it really, um, it really never got, I never really realized that, Hey, I'm black, and hey, I like metal, and hey, that's completely fucking weird. Until I got like out on the road, like got somewhere like South Carolina. We played in like some shitty, I don't know, something, some, some podunk VFW hall, and they made it very clear that you were black and played in metal, and then how crazy it's like, man, I've never seen none of you, none of y'all playing metal before. That's really cool, like, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> But then it was like, yeah, because that's crazy. And because it was like, I had a few of my friends, like Rashad and Amir. So it was like, and my brother at the time. So it was just like, you know, I, it was normal to me. You know, it's it's normal until someone tells you that it's not normal. It's exactly. not normal. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's 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 really. I mean, it's really interesting. How did you guys um, end up going that direction? Like, what what uh, you know, what was the 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 moment you were like, yo, I'm into metal. <laughs> So I can remember this very distinctly from my childhood. Um, I remember I just all it was something about the sound of an electric guitar that I loved. Mm. And I remember when I was, I think around three, I had to um be hospitalized for um <clears throat> just I think I like got into some medication I shouldn't have and I had to be hospitalized. <clears throat> and I remember distinctly air guitaring. To, with the nurses and they thought it was like the coolest thing. And I'm air guitaring with them. You know what I mean? I think it was a, it was, there was a picture of it at some point. Um, but also walk this way by run DMC. 
is like so insane to me. Yeah. Nice. And because like I said before, my father was from New York. He was, you know, so I got that New York influence from him, that hip hop influence. So I can only imagine that's how I heard that that record. But just like, man, just that that those drums, that drum beat, and those that guitar riff, yeah. like it's just so iconic and it's just like it hits you, man. And um I'll play that song to this day in some DJ sets, man, and it just goes off. And I don't know, just like you hear that that always stuck with me and I always liked just uh electric guitar, you know, and so it just it just took from there. It was electric um, guitar I don't know. as well, yeah. I remember mine was uh, like uh, I used to watch this home vi- like home videos of Prince like cause my dad was super into Prince and he was just wailing on the guitar right and so I, I remember I was like three years old and I had a tennis racket and I was just getting it on the getting it on the tennis racket and then I said something about that and it's then there's like Metallica because my dad or ZZ Top and Billy Idol and just you know Cheap Trick and bands like that and they look you would see those shows and there's like thousands of people ripping it on and you're watching these musicians just shred and I was just like dude that was dude when I like when I heard like Inter Sandman oh, dude Inter Sandman <laughs> Inter Sandman and Smells Like Teen Spirit which I which were was that that wasn't how, how far apart were those records anybody know Inter Sandman was first but like uh, I mean Inter Sandman just yeah. Yeah, like, Team Fair was like what early, uh, like 92, 93? Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, I mean, so so I I would have been nine in ninety two. You know, so like, Inner Sandman, just that video, even man, like what a scary video, <laughs> and just what a dark song, just those riffs, you know, like yeah. I don't know, man. What yeah, about the Flash on Michael Jackson? Yeah, the Michael Jackson. Yeah, oh, of course, right? of crazy, course, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talk about groundbreaking sort. We run DMC has always talked about, right? That is the one that sort of (laughs) broke the barriers. But to me, Slash and Michael Jackson teaming up and hearing that solo Mm -hmm. um, blew my mind. That was on Beat It. Was that the Beat It? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Was was someone on Dirty Diana as well? Because Dirty Diana is my shit, dude. That's my shit. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that was that was. That was the genesis of it for me, man. Just I just always liked rock music, and I and I always hated being made to feel some kind of way about being a black person that liked rock music. And then especially when you get older and you learn more about the history of rock music, when you realize this is black music anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean? And 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 I I never lived like in the hood, but I was always very hood adjacent, you know. And I I went to my high school was like hood as fuck like it was it, across the street from the projects and and I would just be there I'd show up with my skateboard I'd show up with my weird clothes listening to hardcore music and you know people would they would joke on me but I never like backed down from any of that shit and uh, it just was what it was you know but um, it just always appealed to me and I, I never I never felt weird about it personally. It's like, yo, man, I'm just listening to this right now. I was you know? just jamming. I was just vibing, bro. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just vibing. Yeah, this song's a minute, a minute and a half long, and I'm, I'm loving it. You yeah, know, dude. it's a weird, it's a weird sort of thing, though, right? Like because you, music makes you feel something. What that? Who the hell cares where it comes from or who is doing it? It's, it is a very sort of um, subjective, right? Uh, feeling and, and sort of vibe you get from it. And I remember I went through the same, I think we're all probably around the same age group. I'm 39 today. And, you know, I just, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I went through those same phases, right? I started with rock, 
then went to a hardcore rap, then went in back into hardcore rock and have been all throughout. Like Seven Dust blew my mind. Yeah. Right. I don't know if you guys know that band, right? The yes, cla- yeah. classically trained frontman. Yeah. Who his voice is incredible. So the it's whole great. and Rage Against Machines, one of my favorite bands of all time. And we talk about guitarist Tom Morello, yeah, and dude, what mm-hmm. he did. Okay. So I never thought I was the same way. And I'm from Colorado. And I it just kind of blew my mind that there was those silos in music. Yeah. Yeah. It's never <clears throat> that's never been a thing I've subscribed to. Um you know I not, not really. I mean, of course, there were times when I would be elitist about certain things because I think we all go through that, especially as teens, especially coming from like straight edge hardcore. It's the most elitist scene I've ever been involved in. But, but like, uh, you know, it's just like whatever, man. Freak what you feel. Do whatever the fuck you want. Who cares? <laughs> Do you think that's improved over time? I mean, now, now with sort of music genres, sort of you see Travis Scott doing a little bit of trip hop and things of that nature, kind of crossing over. Do you think that? has changed music wise in the, in the past couple decades? I do think so. And, um, I, I think so, especially because for me, I'll see the culture, like youth culture of what like young black kids are doing. And I'm so stoked. Like, I'm so stoked that they're just like doing weird shit. There's not really a weird black kid anymore you know, <laughs> that, that I can see. Like you can do it. You can be the weirdest black kid and you won't get labeled the weird black kid. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Quick story, where I'm from in Church Hill, they have a St. Patrick's Day festival. It's huge every year, right? And they passed out this, like, spray in your hair green spray paint, spray, you know, dye. And I put it in my in my hair. I had this little, like, fro. And I put it in my hair. I go down to the basketball court and just get clowned mercilessly. Just get clowned, you know? And it's like, today, that wouldn't even, you wouldn't even bat an eyelash at a 13-year-old black kid with a green afro. You know what I mean? You literally wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I do think a lot of it is a lot of the culture is sort of blending together. So there isn't there isn't so much of that like, oh, you like this, like that's weird. There, the weirdness sort of is the the youth culture now. So that's cool. I'm glad Jonah asked the question because I wanted to get into um, the digital service and stream providers. I mean, we're, I'm not making music. I have to think you guys find that the accessibility of people can listen to your stuff on all these platforms. Um, I mean, do you find that it's too saturated now? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And, you know, I'll start with Mike and then, you know, Hoodie, I want to know your take specifically to DJs because there's different platforms for DJs where you can post your mixes and you Mm -hmm. can post your live, you know, streams. So I just, I wonder if what you guys think about the current, you know, Spotify's and all that. So Mike, how has that been coming from, you know, shit, when I first met you, it was a, uh, a, a press kit and a, and a CD <laughs> and a folder and all that shit. And now, you know, people can check you out, yeah. you know, <laughs> however they can. Yeah, so yeah. how's that transition been for you? I mean, yeah, like you said, it, it's crazy. Uh, I feel like, I mean, just because I'm old and I've seen, I feel like I could say I'm old. I feel I'm old. And just when we started playing music, it was like you had physical hard <laughs> Like you actually went and recorded on a four track or an eight track. Like this was before Pro Tools. So like when it meant more when you had, I felt like it meant more to have like a CD, like, holy shit, like the work that went into this, this is so sick. Whereas now it's just like, we don't even really like, I don't even care about the artwork anymore because it's like no one's really going to ever touch it. Like if we even put out a, 
a, a, a hard copy. Everything's digital now. Now I'm also I'm very guilty of it because I'm quick. I'm the first person to go just hey Siri, play this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? Like no, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. See, listening already. Uh, but you know, I'm the first person to, to to pull up music and you know to use the services. But I don't know. I mean, you we obviously don't make as much money as we did back in the day. I guess. Well, I wasn't making money back in the day anyway, so it's nothing new for me. But I feel like if you were a big artist back then, you weren't making way more money than you were. <laughs> so, Hoodie, how do you find the channels? I mean, you have additional channels. There's the Mixed Clouds and all the other shit that I probably don't know. And now you can go live on Twitch. I mean, are you finding it's hard to keep up with all this shit? Um, yeah, it is sort of hard. And... The biggest thing is that by the time you build an audience in one on one platform, for whatever reason, you have to jump ship to another platform. And so first, we all got sold on building on Facebook, right? Like everyone in the world did. So you build your brand on Facebook. Um, and then it sort of went to Instagram as well, which is you know now one company. So... So I can do a stream on on Facebook Live. I can advertise it. I can I can get on there DJ. But now what's happening more and more is you get you get shut down for copyright infringement, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys do you guys know about know about this? Um, it, it's illegal for me to play anyone's music other than my own creations on on any platform anywhere at all, right? And I and I, and I know that I know it's illegal. I know I'm legally not allowed to do it. I know I shouldn't be doing it, right? But do you think the artists care that I'm DJing their song for people to enjoy? They probably want me to be doing it, to be honest. But I don't own that, those rights from Sony. So anyway, <laughs> so then you're like, all right, Facebook's getting a little a little aggressive with their their shutdowns. So now they're shutting down my feed while I'm actually DJing live. Uh, unless you're like fucking Diplo or uh, DJ. Who is the guy who just had like broke a record on Facebook? Or Depending on how famous you are is... Marshmallow. It, uh, no, there was another guy no? who had a DJ D Nice. D Nice had a big nice. thing yeah, yeah, with the and, with the big event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was on Instagram, and I, you know, I had yeah. like my, I had like my mom, my mom texting me. Well, DJ just had like however many thousand followers. Why don't you hop on Instagram Live? And I'm like, because they shut me down within five minutes, mom. Because if I play a single song that the algorithm can detect, which is any song you would enjoy, they shut me down. So I got to play a bunch. Because of- DJ Nice is that big. He can do it. I, I I don't know what he worked out. It's because if you have enough followers, they're not going to shut you down. If you're if you are bringing in if you're bringing in eyes to their platform, they're not going to shut you down. I'm I'm a little guy, you know. I'm I probably might have a hundred viewers on my stream if I'm lucky, and that's great to me. But if you have a hundred thousand, they're not going to shut you down at all. So then you, that's, you that's so ridiculous. Oh, it's it's fucked. So then you go on like, all right, let me go to Twitch then, which is a whole other beast. So everyone starts jumping to Twitch. And but then Twitch starts doing it too. So now we're just like, so yeah, it's um, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. And then it just kind of, you know, then there's also the technical aspects of it all. Like you have to get, you know, cameras and audio and all that stuff set up and, and figure that out. And it's just, uh, it's not as easy as like, for me, I get frustrated because it's 2020, right? I got two 4K cameras right here. I should be able to, I should be able to point these at me. Plug in a cable here, and it should go out to you. But it's not—it's not that simple on all the platforms. Um, so you really have to have to take some time to figure out 
what setup works and it's it's different on each platform um so yeah it's it's very frustrating but uh you know i don't, I don't know what are you gonna do where it's where we're at in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> well pre-covid how was the live scene um in terms of live music live dj sets clubs and, and those types of things it was good um i mean i've been djing for seven years uh pre the, the month covid hit my last gig was March 14th, and I think like two weeks after that would have been my seven-year anniversary as a DJ. What are you doing? And I had always, I had always made it work. I had always been able to pay my bills with it. Um, you know, and that's all I ever really wanted. I didn't want to be the biggest name. I didn't want to be Marshmallow or Diplo. I just wanted to have a good time, pay some, pay some bills, and rock out with people. Um, so for me, it was good. You know, and I, I would do a bunch of bars. I did a bunch of bars and small club gigs, some weddings uh, every year, and I got some special events and festivals every year. Uh, so for me, it was good. It was always a good time DJing. I never had any any real complaints about it, um, and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed connecting with people that way. Um, you know, it's not really about for me. It wasn't really about sharing music or sharing my music taste or sharing cool music that I found so much as it was about connecting and like being a part of someone else's great night. Yeah. Like if I can make you have a great night, hell yeah. Like all the bros that would, that would just like dap me up on their way out of the bar. Like, hell yeah, bro. Like I loved that shit. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, 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 you know, you know, like uh, I come from where I come from. All my friends are hip and cool, you know, whatever. And they'd be like, Oh, you're playing this spot. And I'm like, yeah, because you know what? Bros and Becky's want to <laughs> want, they want to party. They want to party. Rose and Becky's want to party. It's all they care about. And guess what all I guess what all I care about is partying too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it was good. I'm getting off off the fucking question now, I feel like. Uh, no, no, I, I, no I think not. that's what you know, we started talking about concerts and it's like going through my head of of all the live events I've been at and concerts and clubs, even hearing DJs. And it's kind of it's bumming me out thinking about like, wow, I don't know when I'm gonna get that again or feel comfortable in that setting again. And that was such a unique setting because you vibe with everybody else. Like I remember being at, we've talked about seven dust and rage and like everybody in the crowd is bouncing together and it's a shared experience mm-hmm. and it's a total fucking bummer that I don't know when we're going to get that back. Dude, it's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. It, it, either, either whether it's me DJing or, or Mike playing a show, it's one energy. Everyone's focused on the same thing, having a good time. And then you're the maestro. You know what I mean? Like as the DJ, I'm the maestro. As the front man, Mike's the maestro. And that's a great feeling as well, you know? Like you just fucking got them in the palm of your hands. You take them up. You take them down. You, and and make sure they have a good fucking time. Now, Mike, where where were you when COVID hit? Were you guys on tour? Were you home? Take we us back to that. About to, uh, we were a week away from starting our world tour. <clears throat> uh, we were about to go... We started yeah. uh, We had just gotten back from Japan. We were, to, we were about to start our, the U.S. part of our world ex- extravaganza. I mean, it, it, we saw it coming. So luckily, we used too much money up front for like our buddies that were they were about to leave for tour that that night, like the night that they shut every that they shut LA down. Like they they were they had a show that was sold out. Like thirty two hundred people sold out. All the tickets had to be refunded. People, all of the plans, all of everyone's lives, I was getting ready to go into the moving of being on tour. All that ground to a halt immediately. So, sucks, man. So I, it was bad for me, but it wasn't as bad. Other people had it way worse, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. How were those shows in Japan? I mean, were they getting any of that at that time, or no. it was completely normal? No, it was super normal. Like it was like you could hear, uh, <clears throat> like you could, everyone around, like the, in the traveling, was starting to be weird about putting on a mask. But when we got there, everyone was wearing masks anyway, so it was not. They were already in on it, so it wasn't like it wasn't a thing where they needed to be like, you know. I think the quarantine thing happened after we left where everyone started had to do the quarantining thing. So we got out just in time. So a lot of our friends who were in Europe when the shutdown started, they had a really difficult time getting home because of they weren't they were closing borders. They weren't letting people in and the traveling, who you know, it was just it was just a really, a really bad scene for sure. So, Hoodie, during quarantine, there were all these battles on Instagram, the versus battles and things of the like. Did you? Did you get to check many of those out? And what were your thoughts on them? I'm going to be honest. Uh, I didn't watch a single one. Um, okay. And there weren't really... I... There are two reasons. One... One, I'm, all, I'm always on Twitter, right? I'm on Twitter 24-7. And so if, if there's a versus going on, you're getting the play-by-play on Twitter, Right. And you're getting like video clips of it, like of moments that happen right when they happen. Um, and I know the first few, there were like uh, technical difficulties and stuff. And I just had no interest in being and experiencing that with people. Um, and second, it was just a, a lot of it was artists that I just didn't care. I just simply didn't care about. Like just, you know, just being totally real. Like I just didn't care about these artists. Um, and a lot of it was like uh, nostalgia porn. Mm-hmm. Sorta, and I I throw a party, and the tagline is "Nostalgia is a prison." <laughs> like, so I just, which is ironic because now under under lockdown, you are I find myself being more nostalgic for like the fucking party days of old. Uh, but I I just didn't I didn't catch any of them. Um, I stayed up to date with what was going on on Twitter, so I know about certain things, and I could see who like won or you know who was having technical difficulties and all that stuff, and. Um, I, I caught some of the moments that happened, uh, but I didn't really watch any of them. What do you think is um, is coming next in terms of music? Where where do you think it's headed? And, and are you seeing any any bands, any um, specific artists that are doing innovative shit in in something that we should pay attention to? Because you know what, I I do find it difficult finding new good artists you know and maybe not in the mainstream world because it's the same regurgitated stuff because you get in the algorithms with apple and spotify and and that that to me is a problem so soundcloud is probably where i go to 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 find stuff but yeah in your opinion who do you think has been innovative or somebody that that has caught your eye or ear i should say that's crazy that's interesting um i did sort of take a step back when when DJing for me stopped the way that I enjoyed it, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a step back and and not really pay attention to what's going on. Um, but I have started to get on SoundCloud a bit more. And it's interesting you said SoundCloud because P- SoundCloud used to be like way different. Mm-hmm. It, you still have good quality stuff there, but it's the digging for it is a bit more involved than it used to be. Um and I find that their algorithm also will feed you good stuff as well. Um, so for me, I use SoundCloud for finding like certain like banger tracks that I want to that I want to he- hear or play in 
in certain sets, like uh, any like bass or bass house or, or Moombathon track that I want to play. That's what I look for. Mike, you um, you recently did a live stream with another band. I would say that's probably the closest thing you might have done to a concert since COVID. Yeah. How was that experience for you? <clears throat> it was cool. It felt like doing like what I would think being on TV would be like a, like a Conan O'Brien show. Um, it, it took a lot to get mentally to get into the place of this is live. We're going to watch this. So perform like people are going to watch it. But after we like we rehearsed it a bunch. So it was you just kind of like playing the part of your acting and just have to get into it. Um, but it, it was cool overall. I had a really good time. It turned out well. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. Do you think that um, these kind of live streams you might incorporate once things are back to normal and you're playing physical venues? Because, you know, venues have capacity limits. These streams don't. And theoretically, you could have a ton of people on one of these streams. Now, it could be you're broadcasting one of your shows that you're playing live, or it might be on an off day you're doing something. I mean, do you think you guys might incorporate some of this stuff once things are back to normal? Personally, I hope not. If it was, <clears throat> if we get back to, or when we get back to touring normally, I'd rather just keep it. That. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I feel like it was cool while it lasted, and we had to do what we had to do to for this time. But I'm not really into it. What do you think about that hoodie? Do you think that even when you go back to playing gigs, you might, you know, do some some mixes, some live sets, or yes. you hate? No, so here's the interesting thing for me. Um, there is like the kind of DJing I love to do, the kind of DJing I like to do, and the kind of DJing that maybe that I don't necessarily like. And not all of those pay the bills. Mm. And the ones that pay the bills might not be the ones that I like to do. So what I decided to do was, like, for example, a wedding pays me the most. You know, and weddings, I don't necessarily mind doing weddings. Um, they're, they're a bit stressful because of how important they are to, to everyone else and the things you have to get right. Uh, timing and pronouncing people's names right and saying the right thing on the mic and playing, playing a wide enough selection for the, for, for the grandma to like, but also for the, for the young cousins to like. Um, so there's that. Uh, but what I decided to do was like, all right, here's what I can do is what I like to play is like bass music house and bass house and, and, and Moombathon, right? Those three categories. And that's what I've been playing. So all of my sets that I've been live streaming since the pandemic and every mix that I've played since the pandemic that I put out have been those three categories. And so it's kind of like, I'm like, well, since we're now all in the same playing field, we're all on the internet, I might as well put out the kind of sounds and content that I want to get booked to play. You know what I mean? So like maybe someone somewhere will, will hear DJ Hoodie's September bass house mix and be so stoked they booked me to play a bass house live stream or maybe a bass house set whenever we get back to that you know um so that's kind of what I've been doing with it um an opportunity to do that but it definitely bums me out I would much rather be playing I mean you know me playing 
a bass house live stream that I love versus me playing a four hour set to like a local college bar. I would love to play the local college bar. I, I love playing the kids and making them have fun. I don't care if I have to play an Ariana Grande record. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, are you having fun? Can I play like three records for you and then one for me? You know what I mean? So like, I'm giving you some good shit and I'm playing some like Post Malone. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know, but, I, mm-hmm. but like, but I'm getting that energy from the people directly. So I would much rather always rather play, you know, in, in person. Uh, but for now I can't, so. All right. Well, Hoodie, you know, you mentioned weddings and I may or may not be entering in that contract in the near future. Uh-oh. And we got a problem. Um, her favorite artist is Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> Taylor's, got, Taylor's got bangers, dude. Taylor's got bangers. Don't say it too loud. I don't want to hear. Um, <laughs> and then my favorite artist is Tupac. So we got a, we got a gulf here, right? No, and, but, you, but, but you don't though. But you don't. Okay, though. good. This is you what I want to hear. This that's, is not what a, hear. that's not a golf at all. Those are okay. two, those are two two immensely popular artists, two of the of the biggest artists in their respective genres, right? So someone that likes a Tupac song will also like a Taylor Swift song. You think you can, you can't trust me? You can play California Love back to back into fucking uh, uh what is it bad what is it bad now we got bad bad, bad, bad blood <laughs> bad, bad blood you can and also they're within seven bpm of being the same bpm so you can probably pitch bad blood up a little bit baby you're now hired. we got bad blood and then go and then go in sorry bad blood's i think 85 i think california loves like 92 or 96 bpm but then you can go into california guy. love um That's so, cool, so what, what, what you could read what you could really do is play Bad Blood and then mix the intro, the drum intro of Bad Blood, and then overlay the California, California, overlay that intro over the drums. Woo! Woo! No, but what I'm saying is... That's amazing. But to your point of like, because to me, I like the dichotomy of Taylor Swift, basic blonde, right? White chick. And then Tupac, you think, oh, they're so far apart. But when you break down what people like about those artists or the the appeal of those artists, you'll find a lot of crossover in an audience uh, when you play those two songs. So, like, I, I could definitely – I mean, you go to any college bar in the country at any given night and you could play Tupac into Taylor Swift or vice versa. You know what I mean? When you really think about it, don't think about how different they are as people. Think about the music and what that music does to people. And I feel very strongly about that. And I love, I love I, that, yeah. uh, there was a, a thing I did was I would do dead Prez hip hop into Taylor, into Avril Lavigne. Um, Chill out, what you yelling for? Whatever that, that song's called. I can't remember the song name. And, you know, people would like, it was like a thing. People would either loved it or they hated it. You know, I have a video of me getting booed doing that transition. But to me, it was the funniest thing because it was a joke. It was where I'm, I got these guys, these hardcore rappers talking about hip hop, hip hop into Avril Lavigne, this white Canadian pop star. And to me, to me, that's a funny joke to do. But also, again, at the same time, everyone in the crowd knows both of those songs word for word. I love it. Yeah, we're, we're in contract negotiations and I have taken over the playlist 
and she's looking at Mob Deep, Tribe Called Quest, Nas, Tupac, and it's like none of her songs are on the playlist. Well, those yeah. are those are those are songs for you though, right? Those are the songs that you want to hear, but you got to think about your guests as well. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's all. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 we sat it down at the the table and we negotiated. There's things that she will get, and I got the playlist. So now, but do you, as a DJ, would you rather have like with me? I have definite songs I want to hear and my friends want to hear mm-hmm. would you rather just be like yo this go at it do your thing or have some sort of a semblance of a playlist and direction uh so what i absolutely love is well you can do you can do both you can you can you can give me as as stringent guidelines as you want or keep it as loose as you want but you definitely need some kind of guideline there so what i personally have my clients do is i have them give me a list of do not play songs and I have them give me I have them give me a list of must play songs, and I have them give me a list of genres or moods that they like. But honestly, the do not plays are more important to me than the must plays because sometimes there are negative feelings wrapped up with with the do not play list. Um, and like I I always say this for example, I'm gonna play Beyonce single ladies at every single wedding ever, unless you tell me not to. And there are some brides I've had who've been like, absolutely don't play that song. And I'm like, thank you, because I would have played it. And I would have made you, I would have bummed you out for whatever reason at your wedding. Um, so yeah, you know, a good DJ will will walk you through this. I have a 10-page document I give all my wedding clients. And like, yeah, I'm like, yo, it, it's, it dummy proofs the wedding. I keep it right next to me at the wedding. And I go through it and cross off. Whenever I hit a certain point, I cross it off. And it just makes it easy peasy, you know. Um, and any DJ worth worth their salt will will do that with you and and have and and walk with you walk you through that process. So not saying yours isn't worth the salt, but just look out for that and feel free to send them. It's your wedding; you're fucking paying them. Feel free to send him as many as many must plays as you want, as many do not plays as you want. Email him at one in the morning, whatever. You you paid the deposit already? Yeah, yeah. He's on your time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sorry, Keith. sorry, Keith. I had to derail from my personal uh, questions here. <laughs> you take all the opportunities you can. We're good. We're good. No, I was just, I was just going to close with a story because I don't think I've ever told Mike this, and it was ten or twelve years ago, and it was probably the greatest marketing lesson one of I've ever ever received. So Mike's band plays a show for me at the Virginia Beach Oceanfront, and as they're getting set up. They are putting on the most hype three six mafia on the club's <laughs> PA system. And you guys know Virginia Beach. The doors are open. You know, it's hot as fuck. We're letting people go out there and smoke and whatever. But here's the lesson. And and I don't even care if you did this intentionally. I just want to tell you. So Virginia Beach and that area, as you guys know, is a big military area. There were so many white military guys who were like, oh shit, a hip hop club. They came in, they paid their cover. And 10 minutes later, Mike Terry's <laughs> hanging from the fucking rafters, throwing ice on people. And they were like, what the fuck is this? And it was the best lesson. Every show I did, we put on some fucking trap or hip hop in between bands getting set up. And people thought it was that kind of club. And look, dude, we already got your cover. Thanks very much. So, Mike, I've always, always remembered that story. (laughs) Thank you. That's fucking awesome. All right, guys. So to close this out, let people know where they can find you. How can they connect with you? Where can they listen to your stuff? What do you want to plug? 
Uh, Mike, let's go. Let's go with you first. Band Volumes. Um, you can listen to us at um, VolumesBand.com. Instagram slash Volumes LA. Uh, my personal Instagram is uh, Mike Terrible. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, I'm a terrible plug. Cody, where can people find you and listen to your uh, listen to your shit? And potential uh, potential people who are engaged can potentially book you. Uh, so I make it really easy. Really easy. I'm I'm Hoodie XX on all social media, all music platforms. It's H O O D Y X X across the board. Across the board is where you can find me. Uh, if you want to book me, you can follow me, find me on Instagram, and all the booking info is all right there for you. Hoodie XX across the board. H O O D Y X X. Bam. Got it. Nice. That's like cloud, telling you. Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, all the same shit. Hoodie XX. Autumn is in the air, and Manscaped's here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. And by pumpkins, I'm talking about your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And hey, guys, great news. They just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. 